There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess and we work for TVPS. And our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Right, you ready? Yeah. Welcome. Oh, look, did, did you hear me take a big... Because you're bracing yourself for the absolute bleep show that this is going to be, as always. First of all, welcome to HIV Hope and Charity. Secondly, I know, because you share the stats and I know you monitor them closely, we've had lots of new listeners recently. And that's lovely. And we know they're coming back every week. But I feel we ought to say just to anybody who is new, welcome to the catastrophe. Okay, well, this illustrates my point exactly for any new listeners. What you'll find during our podcast is, A, I can't string a sentence together, and I'm very bad at pronunciation, and Jess's dogs like to be involved. Unfortunately, more so today, my neighbours are having lots of work done, so it's uh, going to be a beautiful, fun and exciting day for me, full of a lot of banging and also my dogs barking, because they then think that's someone at the door. So it's like a never-ending cycle. So that's going to be fun. I'm thinking maybe just hankering down in the lounge i try and put the fan on for like some noise do you know what I mean? yes. like white noise white noise yeah that's my thinking but yes apologies for jimbo getting involved early on today that's fine so i think anyone who's listening today and makes it to the end of the episode reward yourself maybe an alcoholic drink maybe a lie down in a dark room maybe some sweets i don't know have something lined up is what we're saying to congratulate yourself for getting through this. We're so bad at putting ourselves down, aren't we? Not putting ourselves down if Sean, our boss, is listening, because he always says to me we shouldn't do this. We're just being honest. And something's working because the number of listeners is going up each week. That's true. Yes, we're being realistic. And actually, on that note, we have... uh, Last week was the first time we had shared a little behind-the-scenes video of us recording, as we do. So we record via Zoom. Because the sound quality is just better for us, we can both use separate microphones. We found that sharing a microphone just did not work for us. Is that that's because you used to hog it? Yeah, I want it. I want like a Madonna style one, like a headset that goes round like that. That's what I want. So yes, and the pointy boobs. Who says I don't have pointy boobs? <laughs> I'm so sorry that I've just revealed that to to the nation. So we're gonna keep releasing little snippets of behind the scenes because people seem to quite like them because. As well as just, as Sarah was saying, we're just being quite realistic that sometimes it might sound like a bit of a shambles. Even when you watch it, when you view it, it's probably even more so because I think we're both quite expressive and it's not that we're just sat here not moving. We're both quite animated as well. So, yeah, we've decided to start sharing those. So let us know if you're loving them or not. 
as ever. There just aren't enough filters on Zoom <laughs> to help me with the visual side of things. We're just I'm just gonna have to go with it. Let's get masks, like but fun masks, not COVID masks. Okay. Oh, you really can be Madonna. See, exactly. There we go. I'll be Madonna. Who will you be? I think I would like to be oh ah see you should never put me on the spot this you cannot answer this question quickly it requires a lot of thought um up instantly for you do you remember the episode where we talked about you being called the hulk it's the hulk that's what you'd have what you get to be madonna and i get to be the hulk the incredible hulk but he's He's green he's incredible though but i don't want to be that oh my god look now we're gonna have our first row that's it it's over the podcast finished <laughs> we should say we record these actually at the moment a week in advance don't we so we're very excited because i don't know if you guys know but we have been nominated for a national podcast award and they can't believe it gasps all over the land and the world because we know we have international listeners but we have we've been nominated in the british podcast awards and actually i'm very excited because we get to go on monday So by the time you listen to this, it would have already happened. So check out our social media. But we get to go on Monday, see if we've been shortlisted. So I'm very excited. But to be honest, I'm just over the moon that we got nominated considering, again, the shambles this often is. It's very true, actually. But well done us. I know. And I really hope that actually, on a serious note, Sarah, I'm going to get serious with you now. A little serious message. On a serious note, I really hope what we aim to do is working that trying to get as many people as possible HIV educated, looking at lots of different topics, but also doing it in a fun, lighthearted way. You know, we know HIV is so underrepresented in the media. And I think so many people think it will be, oh my goodness, it's doom and gloom. And this is going to be really sad. And it's like, no, no, we're going to be upbeat. I feel like you're practicing your podcast acceptance speech. I like it. Our, our, remember. It will be like when we've been to awards before and we won and we literally, I pushed you out of the way to get to the stage first. And then Chris Tarrant, I don't know if any, if, if everyone knows who he is, but he was on, uh, he used to host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And he lives in LA Clary and he was hosting these awards. And <laughs> Sarah had like shoved me out the way and I was stuck in between these two chairs. I couldn't quite get to the stage. Chris Tarrant puts his arm out to kind of sort of show her the way in which he go come up to the stage. She misjudges this wildly, bear hugs him. Thinks he's going for a full hug. He was not. It was just amazing. And I really wish I'd recorded all of it. No. It was awful. That moment when you're up on stage on your own, you realise you've inappropriately hugged someone. And I look round and you're miles away. And it's like, come on, Jess, what's the matter with you? Yeah, I don't think we were expecting it, were we, to be honest? And that's why it was such an utter shock. No. No, it was because award ceremonies can go on for a long time. I remember this distinctly and it's like, oh, gosh, this is dragging on forever. And you kind of switch off a bit and we were just getting a bit like silly children, really, weren't we? Neither of us got a huge, long attention span. And then when we heard TVPS, we're just like, what? And then it was like, oh, this is my moment. Well, that's how you felt about it. Like it was an Oscar. I'd just like to thank my mum and Gracie for being amazing. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, amazing. no, I wasn't when I plodding <laughs> up to the stage. No, eventually oh. got there half an hour later, it's all over. Yeah, everyone stopped clapping. <laughs> so I'll just get rid of these two clowns. Yeah, and they're like, me. who's this woman that's just wandered to the stage? We tell her that it's not it's not the next award yet. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, in other news, I have to clear something else up from last week's podcast. I went away and did some research for those of you that were involved in the Malachi Malachi debacle. Yes. So I had a lot of people. I'm not going to lie to you, and I know you did the same, Sarah. You had a lot of people say to you, well, "No, I either think it's definitely Malachi, it's definitely Malachi." Well, I went away, and for this instance, for this character, I went away and found a YouTube video of Glenn. I can't remember his surname. Sorry. Wallace. Wait, you think Wallace? Greg Wallace from That's what I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn from Hollyoaks, the actor. Anyway, he's introducing himself and it's definitely Malachi. Because it ends in a Y. Yes. If it Mal- ends in an I, it's Malachi. Yeah. Yeah. So work on your reading skills, Sarah, essentially is what I'm saying. They were our relationships disintegrating by the second. Let's move on, shall we? What what are we doing this week? (laughs) We're looking at another film this week. Is it a film? It's 30 minutes long. It's like a documentary film, I would say. Yeah, you can call it a documentary film. It's called The Lazarus Effect. I do have problems saying the word Lazarus, but that's, that's, you know, it's just me. Lazarus, And it's a film about the positive effect of HIV medication. Here we go. Early doors again. Can't speak. On people living in Zambia. It was shown on Channel 4 in 2010 and it's available on YouTube, which is where I saw it. Now, as with all our episodes, there are spoiler alerts all the way through this. So if you'd prefer to watch uh, the film first and then listen to us, we'll see you in 30 minutes. And don't confuse this with the Lazarus Project which is an American horror film because that's what I did and very nearly got dragged down a very traumatic rabbit hole oh wow okay yes and I actually think there's even another film that is also called the Lazarus Effect but this is the documentary we will put the link as we always do in the podcast so if that's what you're looking for we will put the link you just hit that link because if you search for it I thought you're going to get lost in a world of Lazaruses I don't actually even know what that means Oh, I will tell you. Do you want me to tell you now? Am I jumping ahead? You don't have to. You can just start from the beginning and we'll come on the journey with you. Okay, that's fine. So this now, this is probably not everyone's choice of viewing. I get that. There's two reasons for us featuring it. One, we haven't really looked at the impact of HIV in America before. So this is a good starting point for us. Do you mean Africa? Right, let's start that bit again. And you'd better cut this out because I've noticed I keep saying to you, edit it and then you leave it in. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll take over the editing. Right. I know this is probably not everyone's choice of viewing. There's two reasons for us featuring this. Number one, we haven't really looked at the impact of HIV in Africa before. So this is a good starting point for us. And two, it is a really uplifting film because so much of what we hear about HIV in Africa is negative. So when something like this comes along, helps to address the balance. Yeah, that's true. And the only reason I did pull you up about America is because do you remember that whole we had like a raft of American episodes. And I thought that is not true that we have not covered America. Oh, only because there was such a raft. But yes, I'm really, really pleased we're covering this. And I have to say, I haven't watched the documentary yet, but I'm definitely going to do that after this. I liked it. It's good. The Lazarus Effect was made after an organisation called Red had contacted a director called Lance Bangs and producers like Yongzi or Yongs, maybe. I think it's pronounced Jones because I love Jackass and both of them do Jackass. What? J-O-N-G-Z-E? Yeah, Jones. Spike Jones. I'll take the flack if it's not Jones. I've always known it as Lance Bangs and, and uh, Spike Jones. Right. Okay, fair enough. Now, this is a two-parter. So we're going to look at Red in more detail in our next episode because they do a lot of work in Africa and it's quite an interesting organisation. Film School, as you asked, is based on the biblical story of Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead 
And this echoes the feelings of that because people are recovering because they're taking HIV medication. So they're effectively bringing them back from certain death if they didn't have the meds. Oh, wow. I know. Never heard of that word. Well, as in obviously apart from it, you know, the other film, but I haven't heard of it. I've not read the biblical story, but I had heard of Lazarus. But then I went to a church school, so. Yeah, no, my parents were like, no, absolutely had to be non-religious. Oh, you're so lucky you never had to go to a church service. We were always at them. What, in school? Yeah, we used to, for God, for any occasion, Easter, Christmas. No. Saints days. You went to church, really? Yeah, we used to have to go to church. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you this, and I know it's a diversion, but it's kind of amazing. At my school, a lot of children were sent there because it wasn't a religious school. It was one of the schools in Eastbourne that wasn't. So if you didn't want your children to go to religious school, you're sent to the school I went to. And then when I was 15, 16, doing your GCSEs, we had a new head teacher come in. She was very religious and she really tried to push this on the school. And obviously there was a very big backlash from the parents. And there was one kid in my year and I won't say his name but it was possibly the best thing that I've ever seen a group of friends their garden their house garden backed onto our school field and so in an act of protest they made a giant crucifix they posted it over the wall to the field and they nailed this obviously through a school jumper not literally nailed through a school jumper this volunteer this guy they nailed him to the crucifix as like a protest so when it came to the end of lunch and she was blowing the whistle to be like you have to come in he was just like crucified through his school jumper at the end of the field my gosh yeah he got suspended school was this (laughs) we're the first school in the area to get a cctv so not a great one wow gosh right let's go back to our podcast thank you for that you're welcome Red suggested they film in zambia where one in seven people are hiv positive so they did And the results, this 30 minute film, and it tracks several people that were very ill, but returned to good health once they start taking their HIV meds. So people who've listened to us for a while will know they're called antiretrovirals or ARVs, but we've got new listeners. So let's just explain that ARVs or antiretrovirals are the medication that you take to suppress the HIV virus in your body. It is the same medication that HIV positive people take all over the world doesn't matter where you live it's identical and the film really focuses on the difference the medication has made to these people's lives so the first lady they feature she's called Constance and she is remarkable she lost all three of her children to AIDS her husband fell ill but he would only test if she went too and in the film she says what I did it to save his life because if she hadn't have agreed he wouldn't have bothered and then he would have died as well They both test positive. Her husband needs to start medication straight away and instantly they've got this dilemma. What's more important, rent, HIV drugs or food? Because they cannot afford all three. Oh my goodness. I know. Now she was very lucky because a new clinic opened where she lived that offered free HIV meds and she was their very first patient. And now in the film, remember this is a few years ago, she's filmed working there as a peer educator and she is perfect for that role. But She's friendly, she's welcoming, she's just lovely. But had that clinic not opened, she wouldn't have had access to free meds. And then they'd have had to choose a roof over our heads, food to eat or medication. You just don't think about that, do you? Especially here in England, we really, I don't, well, we do take it for granted. I, I actually spoke to somebody yesterday who had called up who was in the UK and was worried they were going to test positive and was very concerned about health insurance and how they would pay for meds. And I said, no, because here in England, access to HIV care 
And HIV medication is free to everyone, whether you're here illegally, whatever your circumstances are, you have access to HIV medication. And so I think, oddly, when you're starting to tell me that story, the last thing on my mind is that they'd have to pay for their HIV meds. I know. It was a shock to me too. There's also, oh, there's someone called Paul who's featured. He lost his parents and some of his siblings to HIV. When they meet him first, I mean, he's terrified because HIV is literally picking off his family one member at a time. You know, he looks very ill. Then when they go back to see him at the end of the film, he's very healthy. He's cycling off down the road to work. And it's a really simple example of how HIV meds can really turn someone's life around. It makes all the difference, doesn't it? It's everything. It really does. And then this one really touched my heart, mainly because she was the same age as my son. So there's a little girl called Bowelia. She's 11, but she looks about five. She's absolutely tiny. She's too poorly to go to school because she has HIV. Three months later, they're back. She's on medication. She looks amazing. She's healthy. She's happy. She's running around with her friends, loving school. She's back in school. And that's all really she wanted to do when they saw her the first time. She said, I just want to go to school. But there she is having taken the medication completely carefree, just how it should be. And then we have Concilia. And Concilia has a little three-year-old daughter who's negative, but she understands how important it is that her mum takes her medicine. She's quite a grown-up three-year-old. Concilia at the start of the film, again, very poorly. She can't care for her daughter properly. She starts taking meds and they become a proper little family and they're so sweet together. And then she goes on to become a peer educator at the same clinic as Constance. There's nothing more valuable than having someone that's been through that go back and be a peer educator. And we know that from our services. No, I'd absolutely agree with that. Now I should point out, I mean, it's not all good news. There is sadness too within the film. It wouldn't be a true reflection of life if, if there wasn't some sadness. But there were also kind of moments of hope as well. So Constance talks about how they started a peer support group through the clinic. And it's interesting because we offer the same service through TVPS. And she said the first one, only five people came there. um, And now it was it was crammed full of people when they filmed it. But having the same issue that we had in the past where people want to meet others who are positive, but are too scared to come to the centre in case they're seen coming in or or they meet someone there. So she said they faced those exact same challenges in Africa where people were kind of hanging around the door of the peer support room. We're thinking, oh, well, they can't kind of get the courage up to come into the room. No, they're there to see who goes in and then they're racing back to their villages to report who's gone. No, I did not think that's where you were going with that. Oh, I I thought you were going to say it was people that were just kind of, yeah, building up the courage to go in. No. No, they're checking out who's there. But the group grows and the more people that attend, you know, there's strength in numbers, isn't there? That becomes less of an issue because people are like, well, I'm not going to hide in the shadows. I am going to go to the peer support group. I don't care if you tell anyone. And as the medication works... And people acknowledge that it's working. It it kind of takes off, really. They also film in a church. There's a memorial service. And again, it's very similar, isn't it, to World AIDS Day here, where we remember people who passed away from HIV. Do the same sort of things Africa. Of course, Constance is there remembering her three children. That's sad. I think it's important. As we know, we've mentioned our memorial tree quite a few times. I think people are aware we have one. (laughs) So we're big fans of memorials too, but it's really important to look back and remember people and see how far we've come, as well as reflecting on how tough things have been absolutely no i agree and the film also highlights challenges people face even just getting to the clinic so constant talks about one patient and he has to walk for four days to get to them i know four days. i didn't realize zambia is huge big parts of it are very rural but there are huge logistical issues in making sure everyone is able to access medication and care to keep them alive imagine walking for four days wow that's 
Yeah, that's insane. I know. But do you know, this film really made me think, actually. I remember years ago, I had a conversation with someone about HIV in Africa, and they were saying, you never reduce the numbers infected over there because nobody wears condoms. It's against their beliefs. Obviously, that's a really short-sighted comment. But if you're having to walk four days to get to the HIV clinic, you're probably looking at a similar journey to access condoms, right? Yes, surely. And do you have to pay for them? Are they free? Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, no, I imagine they would have to pay for them. And it really made me think. Be dismissive without understanding the true nature of how Zambia and other African countries operate. And this film addresses all of that, but not in a patronising way. It's very factual. So these people don't need our pity. So you know, we've both talked about this before about fundraising films about Africa. And I know in the past I have felt very sorry for them because. That's what that fundraising film is designed to do. So I think, well, I must give them money to help improve their lives. But it's not about that. All they need is equal access to HIV meds, medication that we take for granted, as you said, um, and they should be able to take that for granted too. The rest, the peer support, the access, the clinics, they're very capable of dealing with all of that themselves, sometimes more effectively than we do over here. And that's what comes across strongly in the film. Equal access to medication means they'll achieve the same health outcomes that we do in the UK. That's all. And that's what you need, like you're saying, we don't need the really overly patronising way it's presented oh and all i mean we shouldn't have favorites right but i do constance or connie in the film she's definitely my favorite person of all time so when was the film made 2010 i was gonna say we should try and reach out to her well we should but do you want to know what happened to her oh in a good uh... way nothing awful nothing awful at all i realized i should have completely rephrased that <laughs> tell me she's the favorite she's created this amazing peer support program and now you're like oh okay go on tell me you said it's good so <laughs> I need I'm to waiting. work on my delivery don't i <laughs> yes please <laughs> I mean, she was always destined for big things. She's um, she's an ambassador for Red. She's also gone on to have a daughter and her daughter is negative. There's an oral dialogue, which we will attach as a link to this podcast episode, where she describes finding out her daughter's status. So the length of time it took, what she went through. They lost the paperwork. They wanted to take more blood from her daughter. She found the paperwork. She couldn't interpret the results. You know, that awful feeling when you just want to know. And then the relief when you learn that the results are what you wished for. And she articulates it really, really well. And I'm going to send you to attach to the podcast some links to media articles because Connie continues to raise awareness. And it's you know, it's not enough that she's a mum with a job. No. She shares her story to highlight the importance of taking ARVs and to share what it's like living with HIV. And she does this across an international platform, global media, global conferences. She's there. If there was a way she could raise awareness across the galaxy, I think she would. She is amazing. And she does it so well. She's very down to earth. She's very articulate. Oh, you just can't help but be motivated by her. So she's very deserving, you know, of her role as an ambassador because she is a huge inspiration. If we had a hero of heroes, Jess, she would be mine. Oh, really? She'd be top of the hero pile. Yes. No, she definitely would be. Because everything that I've read about her, I'm going to sound like a stalker now, everything that I've watched her in, she just nails it every single time. And we need people like that to be speaking out, inspiring others, educating others, and actually not even for other positive people, but forcing HIV onto the agenda, keeping it on there, keeping everyone talking about it. We need more Connies. That would be lovely. Yes. A world full of Connies and, you know, 
I feel bad that we started calling her Connie, though. Like, we made her she our friend. She is referred to as Connie in all the uh, media articles that I have read. So we're not being disrespectful. That is how she likes to be referred. Perfect. Oh, I, I didn't think we were being disrespectful. I was more worried that we were just making her our like, best friend without her. We've just shortened her name. And now she's our gal pal. She joined our little gang. Maybe I mean, she's, she's not gonna... going to if she hears this, is she? She'll be like, I'll steer well clear of those two fruits. Oh, I hope she gets past the first five minutes. <laughs> I really want her to hear how passionately you have spoken about her and highlighted her and how amazing she is. So I really, Connie, if you're listening, I really thank you for getting past the first part. Maybe we could just send her a sound clip with the end. The sound bite with you just saying she'd be your hero of heroes. Yeah, I think you could be right. Okay. So, look, I mean, there you go. That's the Lazarus effect done. We're going to look at Red, the company behind it, next week. But that's all you need to know. I didn't realise. amazing documentary. Sorry, I didn't realise they were linked. So, obviously, now you've said that Connie is an ambassador for Red and then she was linked to the Lazarus effect. As you know, Sarah doesn't tell me all the details. I just know the title of what we're doing. So, if I don't know what that thing is, then I just don't know. And so, for the next couple of weeks, I knew that we were going to do Lazarus effect and then Red, but I hadn't ever thought there was a link. I just thought they were two completely separate podcasts. Oh, no, I should have kept it quiet and you'd have thought I was doing a lot more work than I'm actually doing. I still think you're doing a lot of work. This is a lot of research. It is a lot of research, yes, but um, it's all very interesting. I'm learning as I'm working. Aren't we all? We should also, we should give you credit because I have notes. I know no one will believe me. I do have notes. I just can't read them properly, but you don't. All of your words are off the cuff and spoken very well. That's such like a backhanded compliment. Just like all of the stupid things that you say are just your own, Jess. Well done. Whereas I read mine. And you, you said you read yours and you still said Malachi. We've been through this. We I don't know. need, let's not refer to it ever again. And let's not refer to you suggesting I dress up as the Hulk either. We can move on from these things and we can salvage our relationship, <laughs> Jess. It'll be fine. Well, yesterday, I think the podcast is kind of seeping into mine and Sarah's day-to-day working life. Because yesterday, I, I can't remember what we were emailing about, but I went back and said, oh, yes, we'll have a debat about it. I meant debate. And Sarah, of course, came back and said, a debat or a debate, Jess? And I thought, oh, God, this is just like doing the podcast where, where I'll say, like, post, posthumous is what I said, isn't it? But it's posthumous. Yeah, everyone thinks it's hilarious. And so it was just like that, just a email. I was like, oh, we're living our podcast life now in our day-to-day working life and I liked it I know it's taken over everything but I'm gonna go literally to this podcast thing and we're gonna meet as many people as possible and hopefully maybe we'll get someone to come on here and they can learn about an HIV hero with us that'd be pretty cool wouldn't it oh a guest I think we're ready for guests you know I worry that they would just sit back and go what on earth is this we're talking there's a cat being sick on the floor there's a dog barking they can't say their words properly. We spent 10 minutes debating how to say something. I feel like they might be quite silent. Yeah. Don't get anyone too articulate. They'll make us look bad. That's true. But I think... Say, how would you say... Well, show them a flashcard with Malachi on it and posthumous. All the words that we've had trouble saying. And I'll just be... That's how we'll find our guests. We'll do it. That's how we um, will sift through the many guests that we'll want to be on. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm honestly, I am like planning for like a big roster. I feel this is, we've never asked Sean. Sean's our boss and he's very articulate and uh, can just do things off the cuff with no preparation whatsoever. And I feel that that's the reason we've never asked him back on the podcast because, you know, he can talk very eloquently. But I think we bring the fun. Are you saying Sean's not fun? I, well, I didn't say 
No, short. No. God, look at what you're doing. Look at the division you're putting in here. Sean's our boss. Did you say that? Yes. Do we say that a lot? We're always like, Sean's our boss, just let you all know. No, I just meant, I think our tomfoolery, as some might call it, or our many, many mistakes kind of make for nice listening, a bit of a, a bit of a chuckle riot. Well, well, like we said, it's working. The number of listeners is going up. So, you know, now is the time, as we said at the start, if you've made it to the end of this episode, it's almost time for your treat. I mean, that sounds a bit rude and sinister, doesn't it? That really does. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from that. <laughs> no, well done, everyone that's new. Welcome. Yes. And Go and give you yourselves a treat now. Yes. Go and have that treat. Well done for getting through it. And don't expect some kind of great ending where we say bye or something because one of us just says something and then I just cut the podcast and that's how we work. Yes. Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about the work that we do, visit tvps.org.uk. And please like, subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.